Hello, and welcome to the Sex with a Marriage podcast. For those who are listening for the first time, I'm JD, and my blog is at Sex Within Marriage, where I blog about married sexuality from a Christian perspective. I'm also a Christian marriage coach, and you can check out my practice at anonymousmarriagecoaching.com. Today we're going to talk about how for many men, their sex lives is the kind of one part of their life that they have trouble compartmentalizing. Men are often accused of having compartmentalized lives, and for the most part that's true. Most of us can have our work life, and our home life, and our church life, and our sports or hobbies life, and keep them all fairly contained. Women, on the other hand, tend to have kind of one life, and everything that they do mixes together. Uh, So if there's something going on in one area, then it affects other areas. However, there's one aspect of life that men often find very difficult to compartmentalize, and that's their sex life. Now I notice it uh, in my own life that uh, when we go through kind of rough patches, uh, these days these rough patches aren't due to our relationship, but usually external influences. Uh, So things like uh, back in 2012, uh, my wife got uh, bronchitis, and that, that just like knocked her out for uh, nearly a month. It, it was pretty bad. Uh, more recently, uh, all of our kids got uh, the flu, and then they had colds, and then one got tonsillitis, and another one got pneumonia, and we got sick as well. And for about three weeks, we, it was just ridiculous. We never had a kid that we weren't kind of carrying or holding. Uh, we were constantly, uh, cleaning up messes, uh, from being sick. And it, it was just absolutely brutal. We were exhausted all the time. And at times like these, you know, we have these kind of dry spells in our sex life. And while, I've learned over the years to kind of weather through these and I don't, uh, I, I don't feel like I'm not being loved anymore. I've learned how to deal with the kind of like the oxytocin deprivation, if you will. Um, I, I've learned to strengthen my mind and to realize that no, this is not an indication of how my wife feels about me, but rather this is just a situation that's going on in her life. But I, even with all that, I have to admit, I do still get a bit cranky and, uh, I've also noticed that a lot of other things kind of happen in my life as well. Uh, things that are, are definitely not positive that are, they kind of drag me down. So one of them is, uh, that I notice that my weight starts going up if we're not having sex. Uh, and I think it's because I probably start like stress eating. Uh, something in me wants to kind of fill that void. And, you know, the, the slight little enjoyment that you get from eating junk food, uh, is probably my brain's way of trying to feel a little bit better. And, and probably another reason is that, you know, I, I like to work out. I like to run, uh, a couple times a week, maybe three if I can manage it. And, uh, if we're not having, uh, regular sex, if we're not being able to spend time together in that way, then I completely lack any motivation to kind of get up early and go to the gym, uh, be physical. It's just, there, 
isn't that energy within me to do it. It also affects, uh, kind of goes hand in hand with that. It also affects my sleep cycle. When we're not having sex, you know, it's, I kind of feel constantly in a fog and I'm always tired and all I want to do is just go to sleep. It doesn't matter how many hours I sleep and it doesn't matter how restful the sleep was. I still never feel like there's enough. And we have five kids. Uh, we've had uh, toddlers for the last, oh, like eight years. Uh, and so we're used to being having like interrupted nights and, and interrupted sleep and late nights when kids won't go to bed and early mornings when they wake up early. And even all that, I mean, you kind of learn and you adapt and you, you manage to, uh, figure out how to, you get used to that kind of level of sleep. But I find that when our sex life is, is, uh, at a low spot, uh, it's just hard to kind of get enough energy throughout the day. And you always just feel tired. And uh, I don't know if that's kind of, uh, a tiredness due to kind of some kind of depression or what it is, but, Whatever it is, you just, I find I feel exhausted all the time. Like I just can't get up and go. The other problem I have that I find is that, uh, I lose the ability to concentrate very well. Uh, I work in a very, uh, technical field during my day job. Uh, I, I'm a software engineer, so I'm always having to deal with very complex, uh, concepts and data structures things like that. And it, I find it harder to kind of wrap my head around them. Uh, like the ideas just keep kind of slipping off my mind. And, and that's a problem because I generally tend to have to kind of build up these very large, very complex uh, data structures in my head and with moving parts and uh, all these functions and everything else. And if I can't keep it all straight, well, then I can't really get anywhere, especially since uh, I tend to get more of the difficult situations thrown at me. Uh, I tend to be the problem solver. So I only tend to get the jobs that are, are difficult. And if I can't concentrate, then it, it becomes very hard to actually complete those tasks. They take far longer to do. Uh, I also find I'm way more distracted. I also like to play video games, and I find that my mind turns to video games a lot more easily. You know, it just wants to escape and it doesn't want to do anything. It just wants to kind of veg out. I also find it harder to kind of, uh, to sit down and do other things as well, like sitting down and writing a post or recording a podcast. Uh, it, it's kind of, it becomes very hard to kind of get that motivation to go out and do something to help other people. Uh, help them in their marriages when you're feeling like, uh, when you just don't have kind of the motivation to kind of get up and be somebody. A lot of men also notice that they become a lot more work centric. Uh, being at home is kind of like a constant reminder. Uh, cause you see your wife all the time or your spouse if you're a higher drive woman and you see them all the time and, uh, it's kind of like this constant reminder that, hey, they're there, they love you, but you're not having sex. And that's very hard to deal with 
on an ongoing basis. So a lot of people, they, they find that they gravitate a lot more towards work or towards hobbies or towards hanging out with their friends because it's just kind of easier to avoid the whole situation than to have to kind of suffer through that constant reminder. And I first noticed this when we started making uh, significant changes in our marriage. I used to be very, very work-centric. Uh, I had no problem working like 12 hours a day and just saying, sorry, honey, I've got work to do. And, and it's not that I was like staying at work to try to avoid her consciously. Uh, there just always seemed to be more work that needed to be done or it just wasn't worth leaving in the middle of rush hour because it would take me just as long to get home as if I waited yet another hour, um, things like that. Uh, when we started changing our marriage and uh, sex became more frequent, all of a sudden I found that I would get to the end of the day and it would kind of be like, well, I can wait till tomorrow. Uh, I, I shifted my work hours significantly as well. Uh, I used to work nine to five, which with a commute, uh, to where I was going, it was about three hours of driving that I was doing. So I shifted my day earlier to be like a 6am to 2pm kind of deal. Uh, so that I could spend less time driving, uh, spend more time working while my family was asleep. And that way I, I could be home and spend a lot more time with them. And I kind of didn't realize what was happening at first until later I thought back of it and, and tried to figure out why is it that I all of a sudden was interested in making these changes? Why did I want to concentrate more on the family? Why was I more comfortable being around my wife? And I definitely think uh, not only the changes in our marriage that made our friendship better. Uh, but I think sex had a lot to do with that. And the last thing I noticed is, uh, kind of embarrassingly, my spiritual life significantly suffers when we don't have sex frequently. And I, I don't think that's the way it should be. I mean, when when things are difficult, we should turn to God more. But it doesn't seem to happen that way. At least it doesn't in my life. I don't know about everybody else's. For example, uh, the last time we had, yeah, a rough stretch when my wife got bronchitis, uh, I had just finished reading through the Bible, uh, the second time through. And, uh, the, the previous two years, I committed to reading through the whole Bible in a year. So, uh, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do for my next year because I wanted to do kind of the same thing again. So the first year, I just read it through cover to cover in canonical order. So Genesis through Revelation. And the second year, I went through chronological order, so in the order of the events as they would have occurred, which was very enlightening, very interesting. Uh, and the third time through, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do yet. And then this hit, and then... You know what? I, 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 I didn't pick it up again. And it took a long time to kind of get back into the habit of, of reading my Bible where I had been reading 15, 20 minutes every single day. And with that, uh, tends to go my prayer life as well. Uh, it seems like this break in my relationship with my wife also causes a break uh, with me reaching for God. And that's, 
I, I don't know if I can explain why that happens. I, I don't know if I have a, a, a real or valid reason. Uh, well, definitely not a valid reason. I mean, there, there should be nothing that stands in our way of that. But I, I've noticed it's a lot harder to yeah, connect with God when you're not connecting with your spouse. So those are some ways that I found that, you know, my, my married sex life tends to impact some of the other aspects of my life. Things that, uh, some of them was kind of obvious to see the connection and some of them there's, there's not quite as much of a strong connection there. And I think a lot of times, uh, spouses don't realize the impact that, uh, their sex life has on their life or their spouse's life. Uh, it's kind of hard, yeah, to see that, uh, oh, well, if we're not having sex, then he might not be as productive at work, or uh, I might impact her spiritual relationship, or things like that. And in some ways, you know, the way that people are and the way that they react is kind of their own responsibility. Like, it's not your job to kind of ensure that your spouse has a relationship with God. But on the other hand, we kind of have this uh, obligation to our spouses to help them out in the best way that we can in whatever role we, uh, that, in whatever role that we have with them. No whatever capacity that we can. And uh, as I've spoken of before, you know, like things like uh, making sure that your spouse is sexually satisfied so that they're not tempted. Uh, is it your fault if they slip and they're tempted and they, they stumble? No. I mean, we each all have to make our own decisions and sin is our responsibility and nobody else's. However, uh, there are things in the Bible that say, you know, you shouldn't put a stumbling block before somebody else. You know, you shouldn't cause someone else to sin. And if we have the ability to remove temptation from our spouse, if we have the ability to, uh, make them more productive, if we have the ability to strengthen their relationship with God, and then we fail to do so, uh, I'm not sure how much we can say, well, that's not my responsibility. I think on some level, in some small part at least, you know, part of us is kind of putting a stumbling block. Uh, maybe not through action, but maybe through inaction. And so for you, those of you who, uh, are maybe lower drive spouses, uh, I want you to maybe reflect on that and think, you know, is there something I can change? Is there, uh, Maybe something that, uh, maybe if you are sometimes, you know, saying no to sex or, uh, kind of gatekeeping sex, that uh, you have veto power, you decide when you have sex and when you don't. Uh, maybe you realize the impact of that and what it's doing, not only to your relationship, but to your spouse's life, like all the other aspects of life as well. And for those of you who are higher drive spouse, uh, maybe realize that maybe you're being affected by some of these things. And sometimes just knowing that this is how this affects me helps you counteract it. You know, if you know that 
when your sex life is not strong, then you suffer with your spiritual relationship with God, uh, then you can be a little bit more diligent in it. If you know it makes you a lot more work-centric than home-centric, then you know focus a little bit more on getting home on time and spending time with the family. If you know it affects your weight and your eating, then hey, maybe start counting calories well uh, during the times that you know that sex is going to be difficult to come by frequently. So those are my thoughts on kind of how sex impacts the rest of my life. Now, on another topic, I just want to point out that Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh, actually, it's, it'll probably start sneaking up on you pretty quick. And I know a lot of men in particular have trouble uh, coming up with a kind of nice, thoughtful Valentine's Day gift. Uh, they want something that's kind of... They tend to want something that's kind of sexy, while their wife kind of wants something that's more romantic and thoughtful. And so if you can't think of something that you want to give for Valentine's Day, uh, check out my post from yesterday about learning to give your wife a massage. My friend Dennis over at Couples Massage Courses, he's dropped his price on his course for learning how to give a sensual massage for your, for your spouse. And I can almost guarantee it will be one of the best Valentine's gifts that you can ever get because it's not like a trip or chocolates or flowers, you know, something that's going to be like used up or consumed or die or something like that. This is learning how to get a new skill set, something that you can use to please your wife for years and decades to come. And chances are this will probably improve your sex life as well because most women absolutely love to be massaged and it's a great way to kind of segue and switch gears from day-to-day life to bedtime fun. So check out my post or you can go check out uh, Dennis's uh, video series called Melt at at couplesmassagecourses.com. And that's it for today and we'll talk to you again next week.